Hello and welcome. You are listening to SAP on Azure Talk, where we simplify topics related to SAP on Azure. You know, Nathan, last year I was working with a customer and they did not have an enterprise agreement with Microsoft and got me thinking, how does that work? What they had was something called cloud solution provider or CSP model, and I wasn't familiar with it at all. And that's when you and I got talking and we wanted to do an episode about what it means and how is that different from enterprise agreement. Yep. So I'm Nathan Weaver. Thank you, Ravi. So <laughs> as we start to think about how does a customer buy Azure? You're right, Ravi. Many customers have an enterprise agreement, but when we start to talk about specific applications, a lot of customers will want to do more of a one throat to choke or one hand to shake or one back to pat, however you want to coin that, right? That's where we've started to hear more of SAP customers that are looking at the CSP or cloud solution provider approach or slicing it a little bit differently and talking about a managed services provider to provide a certain level of services. And and Ravi, we've talked about this before that I typically like to split it into three categories, right? I say that managed services is broken up into cloud managed services, SAP basis layer, which is typically kind of gray of is the operating system in there, is the database in there? We figured that out. That's why it's gray. And then the functional managed services. So I think it's important to say that a cloud solution provider is doing more of the complete soup to nuts. Managed services provider, you can kind of do a little bit with it. But, you know, Ravi, I don't think we know enough about this topic from an expert perspective. That's why we've added in a couple guys here from Software One. I want to welcome Larry Rogers and Jamie Ajami to go into a little bit more about what the CSP and or MSP means to Software One. Thanks, Nathan. Robbie, I really appreciate it. Uh, this is Larry Rogers. I'm the VP of SAP Program Success at Software One. Software One is a global SAP and Microsoft Go partner across both. We have a team of about 2,000 people globally right now focused specifically on SAP and Azure. Um, so looking forward to getting in more depth in the conversation here today. From your point of view, what does it mean to be a CSP or MSP? As in, what's the value of CSP? Yeah, Ravi. So uh, being a CSP provider, uh, essentially what we have done is disclose our value and our experience in terms of being able to support our customers throughout their cloud journey. And with doing so, we are able to provide a platform for organizations to consume Azure upon with giving them return on that investment. And basically providing the return on investment encompasses uh, providing 24 by 7 proactive support, utilizing and leveraging um, digital platforms for cost and spend management and recommendations of the environment, and, and many additional factors that we can provide that are of value at no additional cost to what they currently would use Microsoft Azure for via a consumption vehicle. Got it. So that's a CIO answer, right? If I'm a basis guy or an infrastructure guy, what does it mean to me, a CSP versus EA model? How is that different? The differentiating factor is really how you're consuming. So the environment itself doesn't change because Azure is Azure, right? So the main components are really about how you're being billed and invoiced. Uh, so with a CSP provider, Software One would go ahead and invoice you directly instead of you receiving an invoice from Microsoft. In addition to that, instead of you receiving support from Microsoft, you would actually get support directly from Software One at no additional cost. Did you say free, Jamie? Everything's free? Come on, man. The term free sounds too cheesy, so I always <laughs> like to use no cost. So, Jamie, let me shape this a little bit and then just keep me honest here. 
and we're talking specifically for a minute about the CSP stuff. So like you said, the, the bill is going to come from software one because you guys are buying Azure on their behalf, if you will, right? It, it's how that kind of works. You're still going to have a customer subscription, right? And I'm assuming you're going to have management tools that you're plugging into this thing. Like, does a customer still have to connect to Azure via like Express Route? How does a customer actually leverage what you're putting together? I think this may align to also uh, MSP, which is a managed services provider, and Software One is a CSP and an MSP. But essentially, when you're looking at CSP, it's a vehicle for a customer to consume upon, right? So when you're looking at, I need to consume Azure, I need to leverage the resources, I need to innovate, I need to benefit my business, you have to start with how you're going to consume. And that leads to a contractual vehicle for you to be billed and invoiced. So that can be Microsoft directly, or it could be through a CSP provider. So that's the major component of CSP. Now, when you're looking at, is there any difference if, in my environment if I consumed directly or via a CSP provider such as Software One? The answer is no. The environment, the applications, the native tools that you uh, want to leverage for your business are the same. There are some key differentiators in terms of the contracts themselves. Uh, one of those can be dev test environments. So with Microsoft directly, you can leverage a dev test subscription, obtaining discounts on your consumption specifically for dev test components and resources, whereas on a CSP, that is not available. On an MSP front, Software One provides a number of different managed services components, whether it's management at the infrastructure layer, whether it's management specific to service and operations, so on and so forth. Yeah, well, you mentioned another term that kind of had my eyes coming up. When I think about either a CSP or an MSP, basically, if you're providing services back to a customer who is contracting you to do something, something beyond staff org, a lot of times you're going to want to bring your own little bag of tools to be able to support stuff. We always get into conversations about security and we talk a lot about cloud native. Like what's Software One's approach for leveraging tools that you need to bring to help support a customer? It's a great question. First and foremost, we always want to make sure that we understand the customer's challenges and objectives and align appropriately for solutions in which there could be a blend of cloud native services from Microsoft Azure, as well as Software One's backend configurations, which may be our own IP, as well as third party. We do leverage a number of different tool sets uh, depending on what we're trying to achieve and accomplish to support a customer. As an example, if we want to support them on their development lifecycle and incorporating the automation of deployment of infrastructure for developers to deploy applications or deploy code, um, we do leverage specific tool sets such as Terraform or um, Infrastructure as Code, Ansible for orchestration and automation components. Uh, we use Azure DevOps for CI/CD pipelines as well as for uh, repos. Um, and a number of other tools that would align to that aspect as well. In addition to, you know, focusing on development lifecycle and deployment of, of services, we do leverage ServiceNow for our customers to integrate with our teams. So the integration between a, a developer with an organization needing to deploy an application versus actually automation of deployment of the infrastructure for that to reside on, all of that is in sequence and, and built appropriately leveraging ServiceNow. And a number of other offerings we leverage from a security perspective, focusing on infrastructure could be uh, Trend Micro Deep Threat Protection, Commvault, uh, in which we have just updated our Backup Simple, Backup as a Service offering, which is now Backup Simple powered by Metallic. So we are the first organization to actually leverage a SaaS-based solution as a full managed offering for backup and full immutability for your backups. I like that approach. I heard Trend Micro, I heard Commvault. 
Now I'm curious about what is shared versus what the customer gets. So obviously this customer may have their own subscription. They may use their own Azure vaults and stuff versus uh, the shared components are shared across customers might be Commvault or Trend Micro licensing. Do you want to touch a little bit on that? Yeah, so from our managed services, we don't uh, require organizations to procure licensing. Um, our managed services would encompass any licensing requirements based off of the construction of the service itself. You're being billed for what you're leveraging and utilizing more so than having to pay a large capital expenditure for, say, licensing and maintenance renewals on that licensing, et cetera. So we're moving that licensing component completely out of the question. Let me ask you a quick question on this too. So we put a lot of emphasis on security, right? So identity goes into that with Azure Active Directory. We, we talk a lot with customers about letting Microsoft be the one that handles the indemnity of identity correctly. CFO talk, I guess, is the right way to say that. Like, <laughs> how do you, what kind of measures do you take to make sure that from a security perspective, you are who you say you are to support the customers who say they are who they are? Yeah, so Software One has incorporated a very vast uh, distribution model of how we can provide our managed services to our customers globally. So we have various distribution centers across the country which are dedicated engineers to support our managed service offerings. This includes various SOCs um, within our organization to support our customers and making sure that our solutions are secure. Therefore, they're leveraging a secured solution. There's various regulations and compliances that we abide by in order to make sure that we are um, up to speed and up to date to make sure that those environments are secure. And in some aspects, there may be some third-party integrations around that, maybe Splunk as an integration on the back end for us and many more. But we also leverage native services and technologies from Microsoft. So if we go back to the CSP perspective, how does an organization with you know over 65,000 customers, of which a good portion of those are leveraging and consuming cloud directly through our CSP model? Uh, well, we, we leverage Microsoft's technology in Azure Lighthouse. So Azure Lighthouse is allowing us to have cross-management at scale that allows us to provide the same offerings that you would get directly from Microsoft, including marketplace offerings, the Azure services, API integrations, any licensing models that may be required in addition to. And we do so based off of Microsoft's best practices in Azure Lighthouse. So that's incorporating delegated resource management, cross-tenant experience integrated into third-party services for that security layer protection, and then making sure that we can provide the right resources and APIs that may be beneficial to the customer. Essentially, we're using privileged identity management. We're going ahead in, in implementing and incorporating those delegated resources and making sure that there is specific contributing access, read access, no access. Um, and all of this is provisioned away from the tenancy level. So your active directory cannot be accessed by a CSP provider such as Software One without your validation and approval. And at the same time, we still cannot access your tenancy without screen share and support with your team as a customer. So a lot of security measures and parameters are put in place and these security measures and parameters are validated from various compliance and regulations as well as Microsoft best practices. So since I'm getting only one bill from you, what are the optimization opportunities? For example, if I were to use EA, I would know something about reserve instances. I could see how much resources I'm using and potentially optimize it. So how does that work out if I'm a CSP model? How would you optimize the services or, or cost for me? It really depends on which CSP provider that you are working or partnering with. 
Specifically at Software One, we have developed our own IP. It's our digital platform in what we call Pure Cloud. Pure Cloud uh, links via API to any subscription or any tenancy, regardless if it's a CSP or a direct consuming customer. But what we do is we are allowing any type of consumption to be incorporated into our tool, which then does a number of things, right? It allows you to break out and understand your spend allocation across specific resources. It allows you to understand and allocate spend across different subscriptions, divisions, uh, organizational structures, and create and configure chargeback and showback. And then also be able to tag appropriately as well and creating budgeting and alerts which then encompasses uh, predictive spend forecasting. So our tooling allows you to get great insights and detail around what you're spending, how it's being spent, where it's allocating to, and you can create alerts and thresholds around that to go ahead and start actually better managing and maturing how you're spending in the cloud. I actually love that. I'm I'm smiling as I'm saying this because I was just recently on a call and it was uh, we were doing some best and final kind of discussions. And one of the evaluation criteria was there was a guy on there who's a vice president over chargebacks. Like his his role was responsible for taking from an IT perspective and charging back to the different units. And he was kind of quiet on the call. And at one point I actually called him out and I said, just as a question, are you the most loved or the most hated person in your company from a business perspective? So. <laughs> But I guess my point to saying that is I can appreciate the fact that you guys understand and have built a solution around really leveraging, tagging, or whatever methodologies you guys are using to be able to get back to who's actually responsible for paying that if a customer has to do things in a certain way. So there's actually a tremendous amount of value in that. I mean, we hear a lot of customers having that type of approach um, and then tying that back even to vendor management so that they can slice and dice how they deal from a vendor management perspective of are they getting the deals that they said they were going to do and tracking all that stuff. I always kind of turn sideways when I hear that that's somebody's role. And I'm like, did they put you in the basement and like have armed security around you or do they like you? Maybe they also have a red stapler. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> is, it, is that like the scarlet letter? <laughs> <laughs> So let me get a summit of what I understood from all this conversation, right? It's the same Azure subscription, same Azure tools, landing zone, Azure policies, Azure access, Azure Lighthouse, but you're adding your expertise and your own tools and licensing on top of it to kind of have a value add to the customer. So that sounds great to me. Is there any world where it would be a disadvantage to go with CSP? So there may be some concerns around leveraging a CSP over going to a Microsoft Direct vehicle. And, and one of those you know, pain points could be around dev test subscriptions. So uh, dev test subscriptions are not available across CSP, but they are available across Microsoft directly. So that may be a value add of leveraging Microsoft Direct for a contract vehicle to consume if you do have a very large dev test environment where you could benefit from some of those discounts. Okay, got it. And it's not very easy, but it is possible to change CSP model or CSP subscription to EA enterprise ag agreement subscription. Not very straightforward. It breaks a lot of RBAC and identity and all this stuff, but the change is possible if somebody is looking to do that. Yeah, and Ravi, I can touch on that for a second. So over the last, uh, what, seven years or so since CSP has been uh, an offering, there has been strides made, right, to make that transition a, a lot easier. So if an organization is currently uh, mature and consuming via a, a Microsoft Direct contract vehicle, Microsoft has built tooling on the back end to transition those subscriptions to a CSP motion. 
So therefore, there aren't any challenges or concerns about RBAC being dropped or any applications that have dependencies breaking and causing a lot of challenges and concerns about the environment. Essentially, the tooling has been built so that it's more so a billing transition, more so than any form of moving of uh, physical components or, or services or instances within the subscriptions. So moving from a, a Microsoft vehicle to CSP, a much smoother process. Moving from CSP to Microsoft Direct, that is still a challenge. And I know CSP provider software one being that and Microsoft are working to see how we can make that an easier process for customers. That usually results in having to look at doing a move operation or migration of the environment. Larry, I've known you for a while from your Optimum days. And I had a friend of mine too, Warwick from Brave New World, who's down in Australia that was also acquired by Software One probably about the same time you were. I guess as a question, you guys aren't U.S.-based solely, right? You're a global type of company. What's your main focus areas? Let me ask a two-part question. One, is this a global offering to any country? Like, are there limitations around who you guys would support? And then to follow that up is, do you try to point, especially the CSP models, are you trying to, to point to certain regions because your toolkit may be existing in a certain region or your own stuff? Like, is there any limitations there? Yeah, great question, Nathan. Uh, so we, it's a global offering. Every, everything we do covers all the continents. So all of our tool sets, all of our programs, whether it be CSP, MSP, um, any of our, our IP, it's all covering you know the global reach. We're actually one of the largest Microsoft customers in the world historically, which a lot of folks don't know that. So everything we do is global. That's great. I get the sense, right? I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited about continuing to see the growth of more data centers hitting into Latin America, just because I'd really like to travel down there, Um, even into South America. Like, I I still need to get to Brazil. I've worked with so many friends of mine who have the Portuguese language that came out of Brazil. I want to see the continued expansion. Let's just say it like that. I'm looking forward to underwater data centers. I don't know whether I want to go to Brazil or something, but I do know Microsoft is doing something underwater, and I'm looking forward to that expansion. Space, <laughs> Ravi, space. Oh, that's even there better. With a, I like a floating Tesla. I definitely would sign up for that. <laughs> so my parting thought would be, you know, that reminds me of the saying that Ford used to have, is going to have any car as long as it's black. So no matter what model you decide to go with CSP, MSP, as long as it's Azure, you are getting the best of all the worlds. The parting thought that I think that I'll have, and and Ravi, on a previous show, we talked about build versus buy. For me, this whole CSP approach, and even MSP, if we're talking about just providing the managed services, depending on how high in the stack you go, right? I think for me, this is a build versus buy kind of conversation. And, And anymore, it's getting harder and harder for companies who try to build this from the ground up. I get companies want to hold on to some of their secret sauce from an industry perspective. They retain strategy. But as it comes out to a lot of the support models, I really see a lot of value in CSPs and MSPs, if you will, having a lot of that view across multiple customers supporting an application that doesn't necessarily have to be completely industry dependent. So, guys, I see the value in this. I think it's a really good conversation. And again, touching on the build versus buy. Uh, Larry, Jamie, thank you so much for being with us today. Hope we weren't too hard on you. Thank Likewise. You. Thanks for having us.